Peron Bears fans, another week is upon us. The Chicago Bears podcast is here. Unfortunately, we are here after an L. Bears take the 20 to 17 loss. So many almost in this game. You almost had it. But almost is only good in horseshoes and hand grenades, and we have neither of those here. Uh, as always, on a Monday, Lance Briggs joining us. Got to touch on Lance's grades last night. Interesting. A lot of a lot of smoke around him, Lance. A lot of people, uh, you know, you. Th- there's always that one guy that's just like, Lance Briggs doesn't know football, and that's always my favorite guy because he's always the biggest guy in the chat. <laughs> he's always yeah. the guy that's clearly, like, never left – the couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, some of this, you know, some of it, some of the 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 comments to the grades, you know, are are highly emotionally based. You yeah. Know? And and you know, throughout the, the season, you know, people will say, Well, how could you give coaching this grade? Or how could yeah. you give this grade? You know, and 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 I'm like, listen. The, the doggone defense played their, their tail off, you know, yeah. or like the offense played their tail off, you know, and if you're getting a high, if one of those grades are getting a high grade, it's not going to be a failing grade for the coaching, you know. It just, it just Let me won't. ask you this. Where does coaching stop for you? Is it OCDC head coach or is this the coaching staff in totality? Because as a player, I would think you're thinking all the way down to like the guys that are working individuals and stuff yeah, like that because you're seeing development. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm, I, I, I coach or I grade in in the totality of 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 what's out there, you yeah. know. Um, and and honestly, I, I you know the 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 coaching grade might have been a little generous this this week, you know. But I, you know, it really was based, you know, um, um, or at least that C was really based on how freaking dominant the defense did play all yeah. game except for that one drive. Yeah. Hey, that, that one, one drive. drive, man. That one drive. Hey, and listen, and listen. That's to me why coaching might be a little high. We'll talk about that. Coaching gets a C. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page, lead a five-star view. Y'all know what to do. This episode is brought to you by the Hard Rock Casino. Northern Indiana, enjoy free live music Friday and Saturday night at Hard Rock Cafe stage. That one drive to me is predicated on one play, on one play call that I guess to give Flew some credit, right? He did say I made the wrong call there because Justin Jones drops back in coverage on David and Joku. And even Justin Jones after the game was like, I didn't know what I was doing out there. Like I, I dropped back and I did my best, but it's David and Joku. Yeah, I mean, big boy out there. Flu said after the game he could have made a better call on that play. And I feel like that's the one. That of course it ends up putting the game away with the game ceiling field goal. Uh, that one, that one, but that doesn't put the game away. That doesn't put the game away. That was a an extended. That was an extension to their drive. Right. Okay. The 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 touchdown was a That's the one was a big yeah. That was to Amari Cooper on a broken yeah. play. On yeah. A broken play. They didn't make the tackle. They didn't get him down. Okay. Now they extended. That wasn't the only play. They had another play to Njoku there in that drive. You know, and and look. Um, maybe it wasn't the best call, uh, but it was still a call. You know, it was still a call, and they got him down. You know, and they and they got him down. You know, in in certain situations, you know, you you can get that that or you get a zone dog, and you have your uh, your weak side backer who's carrying the uh, the the uh, the Y across the field. Yeah. You know, but, but back, listen, bad call or not bad call, that wasn't the determiner of the game. 
Okay. Right. They, they they still had opportunities to force them to kick that ball, to kick or get three points out of it or take the ball away during that drive. You you look at the and, – and the touchdown play was big. I mean, Kyler Gordon, it, it, this, this is one thing, boy. They throwing their body around. That defense is looking to hit people and send a message. Kyler Gordon tries to lay the hit, misses completely. Yeah. Hoops wide open down the sideline. Broken play, like you said. Yeah. Here's the question that I do have for you, though, as as we get into the coaching aspect of it. Where are you at on Fluce the head coach versus Fluce the DC? And the reason I ask that is this, because as a head coach, Matt Eberflus keeps stacking up these stats that I think if he wasn't the DC this year and the defense didn't develop the way that it has, we would be talking about him out of the door weeks ago. But because of what we saw versus Detroit, how we saw this defense play versus Cleveland, how this defense is coming around, he might be staying the push-off. But another stat coming out last night is no head coach in NFL history has ever lost multiple games in a single year despite owning a 10-point lead and a two-plus turnover margin heading into the first quarter. Matt Eberflus just became that guy. He has now done it twice, once versus Detroit, once here against Cleveland. And I feel like this is just adding to the list of first-time things as a head coach that Flus has done to the Bears' detriment. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, there's a lot there. Um, your your last statement was, is what he's done to help to the to the Bears' detriment. I don't see it that way. Uh, okay. Perspective perspective is everything. Okay, so if you're a team that's that's that is building, and you are uh, uh, you are the first in history to have ten point lead and to lose uh, lose these games with a uh, uh, two, two turnover plus, margin heading two into plus the fourth. turnover margin. Yeah. Okay. Those are the things. I mean, that to me tells me you are we're 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 gaining. That to me tells me we're progressing, because um, love you. You do those absolutely. God, because next year, really do. Absolutely, because you do not do those same things again next year, <laughs> and and it'll it'll it will it will play to the strength of of exactly what that says. If it says if you have a ten point lead or if you have a two point uh, uh two point two plus. Turnover ratio. You're winning two plus turnover ratio. Yeah. Those L's, those the historic stuff goes to uh, being the regular stat that it's supposed to be. Right. So all those games. So if you said there was four games where that was in that was in play, those four that's four wins next year. That's the way I see it. Right. You know, it's not about is you know and and this this whole deal about you know him the head coach versus the 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 DC. Look, he is our head coach. He's not. He is, he is our head coach. You know what I mean? So if you if you remove him as the head coach. You're removing him as the DC. He's not going to take a D step down and take a DC job. Well, no, I think for me, right, like the we know what kind of head coach he wanted to be. It just didn't work out here, right? Everything that happened this season with Allen Williams, yeah. Now I've got to take over. I'm going to step in. I'm going to handle this role because we're in a bind. Somebody's got to do it. If he wants to go back to being that CEO type of head coach, is the value still there for him as the DC? Now I know we've talked about. You know, he can always take it back over. But that to me is, are you bringing somebody else in that could possibly take this defense in the wrong direction? Are you bringing somebody else in that's not going to call the defense the way that Flus would call it? And is Flus going to step in? I think the biggest thing for me is, is he going to step in and say, you're doing it wrong? 
right? Because I think that there are times where I look at Luke Getze and I would love to see Flu say, right, the players said yesterday, Darnell Mooney, uh, 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 DJ Moore, in the third quarter, we're not, we're not being aggressive enough. We need to be more aggressive. If your head coach isn't realizing wait, that, wait, wait, which way, which person said that? Mooney and uh, and DJ Moore both came out yesterday and basically said in that third quarter they felt like it got a little bit complacent, right? They were up 17 to 7 with when how were the they defense not complacent? was playing. When were right? they not complacent? When were they not complacent in the game? Like like is it, when like how can they judge the third quarter as being complacent compared to the rest of the game? The offense was complacent. I'm, I'm not out the there. I'm just going off the The entire game. Yeah. All right. Let's put it oh, like you're, that. You're saying, like that. You're saying were, the whole game. It was a complacent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were complacent the whole game. All right. They didn't block well. All right. They didn't convert on third down. They were terrible on third down. Okay. You know what I mean? There were uh, uh, there were wrong routes that were ran, especially by by Mooney on a third down to convert. All right. So let's not talk about. Let's not get into complacency. We want to get into yeah. complacency in the third quarter. No, it was there beforehand. Right. My favorite part about this is the second I said Darnell Mooney, the first thing Lance thought was the dude to drop the ball. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't the first drop. That wasn't the first drop yeah. of, the, of the of the of the game. You know, just, or an errant route, or an, an a, a, a route that was run that, that the quarterback we went on the same page with the quarterback. No, a hundred percent. The offense to me was not on point for most of the day. I guess maybe they feel like they got another lead and offensively they were like, okay, the defense got us the rest of this game. To me, again, that's a moment where I would like to look at my head coach and say, we going to dial something up? Are we going to look at something? Are we right? Those are the, I feel like we've had so many moments where we've been waiting for Flues to go to Getty and say, fix it. I don't, but see, here's the thing. I, I didn't, I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't like I didn't I wasn't in 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 total disagreement with Getty's calls. Like the only thing that I right. probably didn't like is that they didn't commit to running the ball. Right. Did Cleveland, you know, that is the ex, it was the execution that had more problem that I had more is, issues with. Yeah, you know, than than the calls. You know, they're like like if we if you can't block up front, if you're not if you're not consistently blocking up front, we're going to be in trouble. Yeah. You know, you know, we knew that you 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 know, and 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 so, um, um, and a lot of those times they kept the tight end in, they kept the tight end in. They oh, did yeah. do that. They did do that. They did the best they they could to try to help the protection. You know, with Miles Garrett, you know, and and Zaharius over there, man, it's gonna be there gonna be problems. Uh, there's gonna be problems, but um, still, the execution wasn't there. You know, there were drop balls, especially in that opening, like Tunyon. There was that ball you couldn't have laid up any perfect, any more perfect than it was laid up there. Yeah. You know, uh, and 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 so that's that's all I'm saying. You know, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna go more into depth on all of this stuff. So man. you, so you, you're you're on board with how the game was called. The players got to execute it better at the end of it. I think the execution was poor. Yeah, I think that was poor. You know, and you're we're 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 looking at a situation where, you know. Um, Everybody is on on Getsy's head, you know, on a weekly basis. So now you don't execute, you know, the the finger is going to be pointed right back where everybody yeah, yeah. wants that finger to be, <laughs> you know. Be, but but you, you you know now if they're executing and and the the game plan's not working, like it's right. a bunch of bunch of bubble screens all day long, you know, then that's different. 
But you know the you know the the, the calls and the situations with the tight end coming in and helping to chip yeah. and create more time. You know that stuff. I get I get all that stuff. Yeah. No, and I do think that there was listen offensively when you look at how the offensive line blocked. It's it's amazing to say that we had a ten point lead going into that fourth quarter. I thought that they that. And everybody wants to focus in on Braxton Jones. No, let's look over to the dude that's making ten million dollars a year. Nate Davis got destroyed all day. Nate Davis was was going backwards Rough. all day. And when you have that, it forces you into a situation where Justin Fields has to make some kind of magical play for the play to work out for you. You you had two passes that to me should have been touchdown passes at the end of the day. Uh, I'm not even talking about your miracle pass that he throws up at the end of the game. I just felt like, like you said, right? And I think your offensive grade spoke to that, right? A, a D minus for the offense was perfect um, because everybody was at fault in that game. There were moments where I thought Justin Fields missed on some third down plays that they were open going yeah. for first down to keep the line moving. Um, Darnell Mooney, my God. They couldn't get a third and short. <laughs> the, the, the problem for me is the fourth and one, right? And I get it, right? Listen, you the, the part that, Bears fans don't think about today is that's the number one defense in the NFL. They get paid to play just they're as very, they're very and good. They're, and they're really, really good, right? Good. Mm -hmm. But that fourth and one play where I thought you could keep the drive going, Darnell Mooney, just a little shoulder, a little, a little shoulder, little, little anything. Like if you if you get just, just you get a there. little bit more, yeah, it secures the 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 first down. If you just put your body in front of him and keep your body in front of him, it secures the first down. So, yeah. so you know, and so and probably I, more with Justin Fields, right? Yeah, no, there's no doubt in my mind. You know what I mean? And so, you know, when I when I hear the 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 lackadaisical third quarter stuff, yeah, yeah. you know, you know, if you just do your doggone job, you know, yeah. you extended drives. Who knows what happens on those extended drives? Yeah. So, you know, some of that stuff is just tough, tough to hear. But I think it also goes to a little bit. I, I think there is some, right, that you ha do have to put on Getty, right? To me, there's never an answer for fourth and – or what was it? Yeah, it was an, it was another fourth and one, right? We, we ran two of them today, that day. Uh, for fourth and one and around to the skinniest dude on the field. Just sweet. He loves <laughs> He loves that play. Hey, hey, he listen, he we got a six play. foot four, two hundred thirty pound QB and a six foot two hundred thirty five pound running back. We don't use either of them on that play. Look, you know, if if I were the uh, the OC, you guys would you guys would be talking about man, this guy Lance. He really loves to put two fullbacks in and just <laughs> and just drive forward and wedge block it. You know, it's almost like the tush push. He just really loves this play. He yeah, loves it. Because we're trying because we gotta get a yard. Yeah. We gotta yeah. get a yard. Yeah. All right. We're coming downhill. Stop us. We're gonna double team everybody and just push. You had talked about before, right? Like how coaches have to kind of toe that line of if you're not right, like if, if we blitz too much, defensive linemen are gonna be like, Hey, why y'all blitzing so much? On the offensive side. Does it seem like he's just kind of given up on his running back room? And and I talked about this with J-Mac yesterday where he's trying to do this running back by committee, and it feels like you don't allow a running back to get a lather up. And we've seen Deontay Foreman be his best. 
He was the number one. Roshan Johnson was the backup. When we saw Khalil Herbert be his best, he was the number one. Roshan Johnson was the backup. Khalil Herbert's getting 14, 15 carries in a game. Deontay Foreman was getting 14. Now they're all like getting five. Here's five. Here's five for you. Five for you. Figure it out. This is probably um, one of the most head-scratching, confusing parts of our game right now, you know, um, because over the last, you know, uh, uh, two months or so, um, you know, Deontay Foreman has has been a guy that we can count on. You know, uh, this guy gets hurt. This mind may get hurt. When we don't have this guy, Deontay Foreman has been a bell cow for us. And I just right now you don't see it. There's you can't get any rhythm for a running back because this other guy, it's his rotation, rotational yeah. time, you know. And then when you know, how do you get a rhythm in, as a running back and, and and I get a feel for how we're blocking, how they're how this defense is running, you know, so I know how to what holes to hit and how to move this way and that way. If if I'm only getting, you know, three three reps and then maybe one carry. Yeah, it's it's a tough game, man. It's a tough game, but you know what? The the uh, and I heard um, um, Marshall Falk say this. He said, you know, the 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 decline in the running back is because of the running back. He's like, there's mm-hmm. too many running backs in today's game that are willing to take themselves out instead of fight for fight to stay in. It was like bad. He was like, you know, the bell cows never wanted to come off the field, and he's absolutely right. Like, you know, I mean, you know, and even when I like when I, I remember being out there with uh, with Matt Forte, you know, Forte did not want to come off the field, have a big run, whatever it is, you know, and they the coach tried to send somebody in for a play. They might get them in for a play, but our Forte wanted to be in. Yeah. Like we're a better team when I'm in here and I'm playing, you know, and 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 the, the trend really has come like I see a, I see a running back give a have a nice little run and he's like he starts tapping like hey hey I need a I need a couple plays like, yeah. come on man like why aren't you going why don't you want to stay in you know what I mean until you're absolutely gassed and your coach is like you got to come out for a play all right coach I'll come out for a play but I'm back in after this and and to that point right like here's just so just so people don't think it's just like, oh, well, this is what the modern NFL is. Doesn't change who the player is, right? Here's the numbers. Khalil Herbert, 18 carries, 103 yards. 10 carries, 76 yards. Um, he hasn't had double-digit carries the rest of the season, and he hasn't had over 50 yards since then. Look at Deontay Foreman. Remember, he didn't play the first four weeks of the season. When he comes back, 15 carries, 65 yards, 16 carries, 89 yards. Got nine carries a week before, a week after that versus the Chargers. We got our butts kicked, but 34 yards, didn't do much there. 20 carries versus the Saints, 83 yards. 21 carries versus the Panthers, 80 yards. This is in addition to what Justin Fields and Tyson Bajan were able to do, right? Then you can't fall off. Six carries, 14 yards. This is when Khalil Herbert comes back. Uh, 11 carries versus the Lions. He ran for 50 yards. He has six carries today or yesterday, negative six. When you give him the ball consistently, and I'll guarantee you, that's any running back in the NFL. The guys that are the great ones, the guys that put up big numbers every year, they're getting 12 to 15 to 18 carries a game. Yep. You, you, it would be mind blowing for you to not give Christian McCaffrey. 10 plus carries a game. It would be career suicide. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, no, no. And this and this decommitment to the run to me is very, very 
I would say that's probably the most concerning part that I've seen offensively, even outside of everything that we may say with Justin Fields and up and down, whatever that is. It is, yeah. It, like, and it was raining. <laughs> it was the game to do it. <laughs> raining. You're, you're like, come on. You know, and, I, and this was as someone asked me this question before the game. You know, is it rainy? Is it going to change the conditions? You know what I mean? Does it mean it's going to be more of a run game? And I'm like, you know, in 2023 – uh, you know, I said, this is the NFL. I was like, this is this is going to be the best care you're going to get for a, a weathered football, whatever it is, but they don't care. They're going to throw the ball if they want to. It's whether rain, sleet, snow, mud, they're going to throw the ball because that's what they want to do. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Offensively, uh, listen, you, you talk about throwing it. Justin Fields, let it rip, 19 for 40. Um under 50% completion. I thought that there were plays that could have been big for us. But I still do believe that. And here's the thing that that for some reason in 2023, I don't know if you noticed this, Lance, but uh, two things can't be true at once. It's either one or the other. And if uh, you believe two things can be true, we have to fight about it, basically. Uh, <laughs> there were big plays that Justin Fields put, that, put the Bears in position to make, and they didn't make them. Mm -hmm. Justin Fields played poorly as well yesterday. There were times where I thought that he they played was poorly collectively. locked into the pocket. They played poorly collectively. Um, I you, Well, you know, there's a, there's a play in particular where uh, um, um, I, I argued with uh, Alex about it. He was like, uh, why can't you as he escape on this play? And I said, the way that this pocket was building, the way right. that this pocket's building, I said. Is that the third and 14 one? It was it was a, it was like a wave to his right. Yeah, right. Okay. So the way that pocket was building, and then you had Miles Garrett on the left, on the left, on the left edge. Like the way that pocket was building, I was like, by the time he set up, the wave was coming. I'm like you can't escape that. I'm like you can't escape that. I was like he he had enough time to get back and set up his set his feet. I was like if the if the receiver's not open right now. You know, and you're leaving guys in. You're leaving guys in to, to, to block, to chip and block. So you have less receivers out there. If he's not open right now or you're not throwing it up to lead him, you know, you're in trouble. Yeah. We're in trouble because the natural thing is to say, okay, now I'm going to – I am I probably need to run. It's like, but That's you don't scary. really – you understand right now, like, I don't – there's not a, there's not a chance to run. Like, if, if there's a half a second and there's something else that I might be able to throw, then throw, Yeah. There was another one where he decided he looked like he was gonna he was gonna take off and then he stopped because I'm pretty sure he thought he thought the two D tackles were gonna close in on him, you know, and then he ended up getting engulfed. You know, listen, um, I don't play quarterback and I, I, I that wasn't the position that I wanted to play, you know. Um uh it worked out for you, don't worry. It, oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You know, and and I do think that if had he have gone not hesitated, he probably would have he probably would have uh, had a shot to beat those guys out. But I'm not in that. I'm not in that in that pocket. Yeah. You know, I'm not in that pocket. You know, and you 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 try to do the best you can off the spur of a moment. Yeah, and and I just offensively it wasn't enough, right? And get and again, Cleveland's defense is kind of good, right? Missing as many pieces as they're missing, they're still the best defense in the NFL, and to me, by a lot. And that opens up things for Joe Flacco it, it, by the end of the game. And I think this is what a lot of fans are going to look at, right? Like Joe Flacco still had a game where 
he puts you in a position to win, even with all of the pressure that the defense brought, mm-hmm. even with him throwing three interceptions. Mm-hmm. That's where you look at the did, did that game. Let me ask you this: Did that game feel at all familiar to any games that you've played in as a Chicago Bear? No, where you were just you know you're trying to get a most sip of Gatorade of in, and you had to. Oh, uh, wait, uh, far too many. All right, far, far too many. But uh, the, you know, the, the the other thing, you know, is the the muff punts. You know, you know, you, you get into these games and and uh, you you play defensively. You know, and I, I'll say defensively, you play so doggone well, and and you hate that the 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 game gets put in situations where man, this doggone muff punt is is screwing up you know, the, the, the effects of this game or the direction yeah. of this game. And in a game, the way, the way that that game played out, that, that play was huge. And special teams plays usually are, but that play was huge, yeah. you know, in, um, in changing the momentum of that game. That's a, that's a position where you don't get the I had a bad day excuse, right? Like you having a bad day means we got put in a bad position and it could cost us the game. In this case, it kind of feels like it definitely plays into costing you the game, right? But like those that that being the punt returner, the kick returner, those are positions that, and this is why people have been so hard on Valus Jones. This is why Trent Taylor was brought here, right? You have to be perfect. If you are not perfect, the football goes the other direction off of that. Even in those conditions yesterday, I felt like there were a couple of those plays where he was trying to field it. And I was just like, bro, like. Maybe you need to get out the way of that one, let that one bounce. Like it is, it is raining. Like I don't know what, I don't know what to do, bro. Like he was nervous, huh? You were nervous. Well, were nervous, huh? I'm, I'm nervous. One for Valus anytime he's back there, but two, I, I, I was nervous because that was the perfect conditions for something like that to happen. Right? It's raining. It's cold in Houston. They're in uh, in Houston in Cleveland. It's windy and, it's and windy. windy. that ball can turn instantly when you think it's here. Now it's not. And I think that's kind of what ends up happening to Trent on the muff. And he's been very sure handed, but you can specifically look at those plays and say, yeah, like one has started us very deep in our own end zone. He recovers the muff, but on the second one, Cleveland gets that ball back. And we're just like, uh, as a defense, what does that do to you? Right. You just got the big stop. You got to back out there. What does that do mentally to you? Oh, it just says you got to go out and do it again. So you got to go out and do it again. Yeah. That's, That's it. it. <laughs> I love Les. Like, like and, and it's nothing, baby. What, what do I do? I get paid to play defense. I'm back yeah, out. Like, I got listen, man, you know, I can't, you, you can't shine if you're on the sideline. <laughs> you can't shine if you're on the sideline. So, you know oh. what I mean? Especially if I, you know, if I made a big play, shit, hell. I got to have a short beer. I got to go out there and do it again. Yeah. How many times if, 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 if the defense has to go out there. If their offense goes out there 16 times and they score, you know, or offense go out, you know what I mean? Then I got to go out 17 times and make stops. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just what it is. Yeah. That's what it is, man. And now, you know, you, you, you can't break the spirit of a playmaker. You know what I mean? And if you guys are playmakers and that's what you got and your, and your, 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 your numbers call, go out there and do it. Hey, and you got some playmakers on this defense, Lance. Right. I mean, listen, it, it, again, we, I feel like we say this every week. Montez Sweat. My oh, God. My oh, God. God, man. Absolute monster. You knew he was going to have a day when they were like, we're missing like pretty much our entire offensive line. And then they ended up losing, uh, um, oh, why can't I think of his name? But, but Dewan. 
Is it Dewan Jones? No, no, no. During the game, they lost their right guard. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I heard you. Yeah. Bettini, I think. Andrew Bettini, something like that. Yeah, Martini. Um, something Martini, yeah. <laughs> something Martini, hey. Uh-huh. After that. Ain't nothing teeny about him. Hey, Montez Sweat was dri- Hey, yo. <laughs> that was crazy. His name is his name is That was crazy. That was crazy. It was a play on words. It was a play on words. All right. That was crazy. That was crazy. You have to be stopped. Uh no, but I mean, listen, the second you saw that, right, you just knew Montez was gonna feast uh all day. And uh, what do you what are you seeing on the field that has him getting to the quarterback so consistently no matter what? Because it doesn't feel like he's having the right, like Khalil Mack is one of the best to ever do it, but they would basically just be like, send send as many people as we can at him. We'll deal with the rest of the defensive line as we deal with him. What are you seeing that the rest of the D-line is doing that's allowing Sweat to still have this level of impact? Well, one of the things, you know, I, I saw from uh, uh, Jervon uh, Dexter is, you know, his vertical push was good. He was very yeah. stout in, the, in any of their games. He got vertical. He had his movement, and he got vertical, which allowed um, uh, Sweat, you know what I mean, to to cross over, you yeah. know what I mean, to cross over. And 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 you're dealing with uh, Cleveland, uh, Cleveland uh, Browns offensive line that, you know what I mean, is decimated by injuries. Yeah. You know? So running these games is one of the things that you probably won't expect. Or, hey, we're going to run games against this offensive line. Uh, <clears throat> but when he when he gets his one on ones, which is more special than anything else, when Montez Sweat gets his one on ones, he is dangerous. He's lethal, you know. And that's really you know I mean that's what you're looking for is who can win their one on ones, and he does it on a consistent basis, which did make sure that that ball that football comes out early or on time, which allows our defensive backs to be opportunistic, and if you've been seeing over the last three, four, four weeks, we've been taking the ball away yeah. on, a, a, on a high volume. In high volume, we've been taking the ball away. So um, that's been his effect. You know, the other guy, too, uh, playing that weak sideline back in position is uh, <laughs> T.J. Edwards. Hey, Listen, hey. He, he's on another level right now, and, <laughs> and his stats, some of his stats aren't showing up. Some of the stats aren't showing up, what he's doing, what he's yeah. causing. But he's disruptive in the backfield. He's disruptive sideline to sideline. He's causing interceptions for other guys. And that's, you know what I mean? In my opinion, that's how you play uh, that weak sideline backer position at its best. That 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 hit that he laid that just popped the ball straight up. I oh, was yeah. just like, my God, hallelujah. Yes. Like that. He just he, yes. bro. I that that felt like the shot heard around the world. And what I mean by that is that felt like the thing that's going to become a hallmark of this defense. That's going to be the, oh, remember that play? Yeah, that was the spark of all of this because you just saw right there, it was the first time where, to me, TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds this season were finally in perfect sync. Right, it's always seemed like there's been a little bit of something, you know. One of them plays well, the other one, right, playing okay, or what, vice versa. Right, that was Tremaine Edmonds was in the perfect spot. T.J. Edwards was in the perfect spot. T.J. Edwards lays the boom. Tremaine Edmonds catches it. Dare I say, for a second there, it looked like Briggs and Erlacher. I'm not going to go that far. It was a flash. It was point oh two seconds. Mm. But it looked like they were in that perfect sync on the play. 
And that's the one that, of course, it ends up being a huge play for this defense and for the team as a whole. Well, if that's the case and this is their first year playing together, then the future's bright. Future's bright. bright. All right. Future's bright. We're going to see what this defense is able to put together. Outside of that, what did you see defensively? I saw you and AB going at it a little bit on uh, who should be getting more praise, D-line or uh, linebacker. Uh, Who'd y'all end up settling on? Y'all still at a stalemate on that right now? That'll that'll never be settled. It'll never (laughs) be settled. What we will agree on is that that it starts up front. It certainly starts up front. It's rush and cover, okay? But uh, the way that our linebackers have been playing, see, he's he's got sweat now, you know what I mean? And sweat's – it's kind of turned the tide for him a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right? Because the guy is now leading two different teams in stats right now. Uh, But uh, I'll tell you what, listen, I've got three dogs at linebacker. And all of them got to eat. And all yeah. of them eat every game when given the opportunity. And right now they're playing at their best, and it's fun to watch. And I think I, I will say this, right? That is the one thing that gets me excited about where this linebacker core is heading, right, is because in our mind, right, I think in most Bears fans' minds, we always say uh, uh, um, Erlacher and Briggs were the catalyst of our defense, our leaders, right, had the dogs up front as well. But it was always Erlacher and Briggs, Briggs and Erlacher. It wasn't that third name that was consistently, it felt like you had that dominant piece there. To me, I've got two dominant pieces in Edmonds and Edwards. And I think the smartest of the three of them might be Sanborn because he just makes the, the I know where they're going to be. I know how they're going to run this. I know exactly the position I need to be in to make this tackle. Boom, he's there. And he's I love that instincts. about Jack Sanborn. He's got great instincts, and he's just uh, he's a he's a he's a physical physical player. You know, um, just just watching him against Detroit take take out two, you know, and make a play in the backfield really yeah. cleaned it up for a lot of the other for a lot of the defense because guys were out of their gaps. Um, he's you know, and and the other thing, the one one of the other things that I that I really love about Jack Sanborn is when he hits people, they go down. They don't go down. They don't fall forward. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, he's, it's just an understanding of of when I hit you, I need you to either go back or go down right there. Yeah. You know? So you know that 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 dog that violence is is it's 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 oozing through. How do how do you develop? Because I think to me, he's got the best instincts to know when I need to shoot to the backfield, when I need like when he shoots to the backfield, he's getting yep. a running back. Absolutely. How does he develop that? How like how how do you gain that? Because I feel like that was something that you were very good at as well, and it was almost an unspoken language where it's like, I know what we got here. I'm going. I'm I'm going to get the back. Yeah. Well, you know, number one, you got to believe in your keys. You're a linebacker. You got to trust your keys. You know, and your keys will take you to where you got to go for the ball. You got to be a downhill guy. You know, some guys aren't downhill guys. Some guys play in a in a in a three four, and their first step is going to be laterally. You know, if you play in a single gap four three defense, then you're going to your first step should be moving forward. You know, you we, we want to attack, attack, attack. You know, if it becomes pass, you plant that foot, and you find out, and you go to where your exit exit point is going to be. But um, um, I assume that he's been in that type of uh, that style of defense for a long time. So it's it, it, he's in familiar territory when he yeah. when he reads his keys and his keys tell him boom it's run I'm downhill and I'm gone. Yeah, he looks he looks like a monster. The linebacker core as a whole looks like monsters, and uh, the DB room is continuing to flourish. 
Love what we're seeing from Tyreek Stevenson. I think that he's an amazing pick. Find a way to pay Jalen Johnson. Um, he, he, he looks really good. And the part that's crazy about it is every now and then you just hear uh, Terrell Smith with the big breakup. It's like, oh, wait, he's good too. Kyler Gordon underneath. Oh, wait, he, like we're building a defense that does get me excited. If we can keep the offense moving in the right direction and not have them getting D minuses from the professor. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I feel like that we're heading towards a team that can be something, but I guess here's right. Here's the the final question. Cause now I think this was probably the game that a lot of people were looking at where if the offense overcame this, we know we have something real here. Offensively, do you believe that we have something that is legitimate here? And what do we need to add to it? Yeah, of course we do. Of course we have something that's legitimate, you know. Um, they've shown that. They've shown that they can be legitimate, you know. It, it's um, um and it, again, it starts up front. You know, if we we want to continue to, or we want we want an offense that's going to be special, yeah. then we have to address our biggest needs, and our biggest needs are are up front. You know, we need to have a an offensive line that where where it's it the value of the offensive line is is in the tops in the NFL. Yeah, we can't have a we can't expect to be a good offense and and our line as far as pay-wise, is ranked toward the, 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 the bottom, the middle of the pack, the bottom of the, the NFL, and expect us to be successful. When you look across that line, you have to say, oh, shoot, either we're, we have a bunch of, of, of high-paid free agents, we have a bunch of first-round draft picks across that line, or a combination yeah. of the two. Okay, then, then we can say, all right, why is why are we not producing? Then you can say why are we not producing? I don't know. Some of this stuff is not making any sense. Yeah. But in the breakdown of playing against a Cleveland uh, Browns team that has a lot of talent, okay, that has a lot of talent, and one of the issues that we had was is in protection. The week before uh, against Detroit, one of the issues we had was in protection. You know, we have to get that stuff shored up, but we don't. We you 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 can't you can't shore that up with. Uh, with, with the the non elite talent, you gotta be. Yeah. Elite. You gotta get the elite guys. I think the the big turning point with this defense or offensive line, I should say, was Tevin Jenkins. Of course, getting. I, I think he he got his bell rung pretty much. Um, because they were somebody was trying to talk to him on the sidelines, and he was like, "Hey, yo, I'm Batman." I was like, "Okay, somebody, can we get him to the blue tent, please?" Like quickly. Check him out. Uh, so yeah, I don't he know was how. on the sideline doing a couple of your claps. This right here. I said, what? I said, why are you clapping? He said, I'm, I'm giving him a standing ovation. Hey, <laughs> I just looked at the one dude holding him. And I swear, as he was walking him back, he said, he don't know where he at. Yeah. So I, I think I've been he, there. Got, he got, he got rung up a little bit, right? He got his bell rung a little bit. He was going up against Miles Garrett on that play, just ran into him. Yeah, I mean, tough time. Um, it happens in, in, unfortunately in this sport. And, uh, I think the, the concerning part was the immediate fall off of the line. The second heaven was gone. And that speaks to the point that you made, right. Of you need to have, you, you need to have those guys in there solidified. That's, that's a special situation, but your entire let the second he was gone, the left side of the line just fell over. Right. And, And I like Braxton Jones. I don't love Braxton Jones. I, I think that Braxton can play. I think there's still things that he needs to develop at. 
Yeah. I feel the same way, though, about the guy that we paid $10 million to on the right side. Yeah. Nate Davis and Pass Pro, I like him. But I'm not going to sit here and act like there's not times where he doesn't absolutely look like a turnstile on the right side. Mm-hmm. That's concerning. We just paid him 30 mil over three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, so, so again, you know, we like, a, like I said, I, you know, I, I'm, I think the, the consistency of our offense is going to depend on number one health and, and number two, getting the elite guys to, to, uh, to, to protect, you know, to be up front and, and to stop the, you, the Miles Garrett's, you know, um, the Zadarius's, you know, on the other sides and those big guys. Um, then you get a, you get a, uh, uh, Tevin gets hurt. We can rotate somebody else in that, that is of, of, of high quality. Yeah. So, uh, and I think we have an opportunity to do that and to, to, to get ourselves to that situation. You set up really well with this upcoming draft. I think uh, now free agency. I mean, I don't, I don't know, Lance. These free agent offensive linemen have been scaring me, bro. All the dudes that we just knew were going to be great dudes. We can't miss on these guys. They all not good. Well, you got. <laughs> well, number one, you got to do your homework too. I mean, we do our due diligence on yeah. each one of these these players. But the offensive linemen that have proven in the NFL typically are supposed to be a better shot than getting a a, a draft pick that's unknown in the NFL. Yeah. Where would you, with where this team is right now, where would you look to see the Bears go? Would you rather see them go with a vet that's proven on the offensive line, or would you rather see them go young, very Darnell Wrightish on the right side, who had a he had an okay day. It wasn't great for him either. Yeah, uh, I'm listen. I'm fine with Darnell. You know, I'm yeah. fine with him. He's going to be fine. Um, um, yes, I would get another piece to that offensive line. Whether there's a let's see if there's a center that that uh, that we can get in free agency, uh, uh, T. Higgins, yeah. you know, as a wide receiver, you know, if we can get him, don't, snag don't him, get me that'd, excited, be a, that'd be a great uh, addition. Um, and then um, and then obviously trade back in that in that draft, uh, get some draft capital, some good good draft capital, and pick up pick up either Olafashanu or or Joe Alt. Oh, shout yeah, out to man. you figuring out how to say his last name. Because, boy, that name be throwing listen, me man. No, Listen, listen, listen. We got to do better now. <laughs> That's our countrymen now. That's our countrymen. We got to be able to, to pronounce their names as well as we do the other Europeans. Okay? There we go. Thank you. Stop. And uh, <laughs> but, but of the two, alt is a lot easier. Let's be real. Come on. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? You know, I, I, I talked to some of my countrymen the other day, man. They scolded me a little bit. And I said, you know what? I got it down. You don't have no problems with me. Uh, 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 pronouncing my countryman's name anymore. Olafashandu. Olafashandu. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to throw that in the memory bank. Shout out Lance uh, getting that one right. I, I'm sticking with Olu, though. I'm not yeah, saying yeah. Olafashandu every time. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, obviously the, the next the next uh, 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 direction is going to be getting that elite um, three technique. Let me, oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's the, I, again, again, we pointed out every week that with Lance Briggs on here. The linchpin of this defense isn't here, and this defense looks like this. What is this defense going to look like? Scary. Scary. I'm telling you, scary. Scary good. I keep saying it. Like, I, like I, you I, know what I mean? mean? Y'all hear me. The linchpin of this defense. The piece that – or let me ask you this, right, because you talked about Javon glowingly this week. Is it here and it's just taking a while to develop? Well, that, I think they're getting they're getting better. They're getting better at what they're doing. But, no, listen – Mm. No, mm. no, okay. because it, it, 
do do any of our three technique current three techniques right now do they play at a level anywhere near an Aaron Donald in his prime? No. Okay. No. Then you, then no. Then no. You know what I mean? The, the bear this this bear city has seen what a a a prime healthy Tommy Harris looks like. Okay. I don't think Muzz remember it, bro. I don't think Muzz remember it, bro. Tommy Harris was such a my his name don't get brought up enough, bro. He no, because his, his, his career was really shortened by the by the injury. You know, it was really shortened by the injury, but you know, the, it was special to, to to I watched him in practice every day. <laughs> and I was like, dang, I thought I played with some good D linemen before. But I I'm like, this is what it this is what it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I and the, when the draft came came along and I knew Aaron Donald was there and I'm like listen player away. can we please please this 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 resets our defense if we can get this guy we end up not getting him we got Kyle Fuller man Kyle Fuller was a hell of a football player but the we we were one play away one pick away from getting uh, Aaron Donald and wasn't he uh he was like people were talking about him like he's drastically undersized he's not going to be able to do this at the NFL like, cuz he's only was he six foot? Aaron Donald six foot? He probably six one. And I think they giving him the generous, right? Like the generous six foot tall. Like he's six foot tall. Yeah, I mean, like listen, like I'm, he was I'm moving at, lines. I'm looking. I'm looking at the 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 top uh, three techniques in this draft. Yeah, and there's a good handful of them. Okay, to choose from, um, the ones I'm looking at are anywhere from six feet to six two. They're mm-hmm. six three tops. Yeah, six three tops. You want to be able you know to get I mean? underneath. You got to be explosive. Yeah, you got to be explosive. So, you know, um, for anybody that's looking at whoever the top three techniques are, and I know the folks in Illinois are looking at the kid from Illinois. Come all right, now. and Come he's definitely now. at the top. He's definitely got one some of the dog top in him guys. now, Lance. He's definitely one of the top guys. You know what I mean? But uh, the, the the thing about it is, there's 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 at least six. That that I've watched that I'm like, man, all of these guys can uh, can can wreak some havoc. Yeah, it, 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 it's a good year to address the issues the Bears need, and that that does make me feel good about right whatever direction Ryan Poles goes. And and to me, I've said this: whatever you do with the quarterback, whatever you do with with the future of this team, in two drafts. Ryan Poles has brought us six, I guess seven, if you think about guys that have kind of filled in their starters, right? Jatir Carter has had the spot start here and there, and he's been, he's looked okay. He's brought you six to seven competent players in two drafts. Yep. That tells me that he knows a little bit of what he's doing here. Yep. Whatever decision he makes, I'm going to ride with it because yeah. I feel like he's actually leading the Bears in the right direction. direction. Defensively, it feels good. Have there been misses? Yeah. Chase Claypool's caught seven balls. Always gonna be there's always going to be You're not going to hit on everything. No. But, and I, I do want to ask you this because J Mac brought this up to us uh, last night on the post post game show on ESPN 1000. And I hadn't thought about it. And I, maybe I hadn't thought about it because of how good of a weapon Justin Fields can be. Are there enough playmakers here? And I feel like at the start of the season, we were excited about the playmakers that we could have potentially. And as the season has gone on, it feels like the only one that has been a playmaker <laughs> has been DJ Moore, 
Cole Komet at times, but Cole Komet is kind of a guy that I, safety blanket. I'm gonna catch it. I'm gonna get my couple extra yards, and then I'm gonna go down. It doesn't like Cole doesn't feel like the the big play guy. No one, no one is no one's no one's consistent. No one's consistent in in catching. You know, and and that's been evident over the last, especially the last few weeks, where people are like they will say, "Well, where's where's Mooney?" You know, yeah. and or on that last. Um, 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 big throw that uh, Justin Fields had, you know, uh, to Scott. You know, and I'll say this about Scott. You know, he dropped one at the end of the game um, against the Browns, and then he caught one and turned it into a big, a big, uh, um, big play. Uh, big play. Yeah. You know, which is awesome. It's 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 awesome to see the the speed because then you can see why he was drafted. But there has to be more consistency, you know, for these professional guys. So when you talk about weapons. You know, in order to be a weapon, you got to be dependable. All right, you just can't be out there and and be a receiver and be like, man, I, I cooked this guy. I was wide open. All right, but you dropped the ball. Yeah, there's nothing to talk about if you don't if you don't convert. If you can't convert, so um, I don't know. I don't know as far as the the weapons goes. The, you know, there's it's 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 it, I guess it's on a potential basis. You yeah. know, and potential means nothing if you don't meet it, reach it. To me, I think uh, every GM has their weakness. Right now, it feels like wide receiver might be Ryan Poles. I like Tyler Scott, but it's like you said, right? Like he he'll make a big play. I think he's a heck of a I think he's a heck of a route runner when it comes to getting off the line. Well, Brian Poles when, is when the ball gets in your hands, you know what I mean? <laughs> Brian Poles is all ex O lineman, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, well, here's. Yeah, I think every GM has a weakness. Like, unfortunately for y'all, right? Jerry Angelos was the quarterback position. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe not enough attention to the left tackle position. Like, I, I, I think that that right. That's okay. Every GM has a weakness. If if my GM's one weakness is wide receiver, there's enough of those guys in the NFL. I can pay one to come through. Guess what? We can trade for DJ Moore. <laughs> I can deal with that. Right, right. I got you. But I mean, he's he's one for four on wide receivers right now. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Can we get the uh, offensive line right? Can we get the quarterback uh, uh, move able to stay up in the pocket? That'd be nice. Yeah, I mean, and uh, you know, can we uh, maybe get the play caller right? I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm not saying. I'm just saying, Lance. I know the players said they were lackadaisical only in the third. <laughs> only in the third quarter. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, man. Yeah. Um, we appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love. As always, hit that like button, subscribe to the page, leave that five star review. Y'all know what to do. Another week of uh, who's going to be the next quarterback of the Bears coming your way because you already know that's going to be all over Twitter. I'm still on the uh, Justin Fields bandwagon, but I will say the door was left open in this game with how the offense played in totality. Uh, it's not just Justin Fields, but He's going to be the one that shoulders the blame. As always, hit that like button. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's, I, you know, it, the, the, I think the, 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 the question for everybody to, you know, that, 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 that wants to move on from Justin is who's better, but name the, name the quarterback who's better. Okay. Listen. You're looking at, you go through the quarterbacks in this draft. All right. And, 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 and say, who's better. Okay, because most most people were talking about Caleb Williams in the beginning of the season. All right, now people want to start throwing Jaden Daniels' name into the mix. They want to throw Drake May into the mix 
but you guys hear you can't don't throw those names in there if you haven't really done your now, now. your research on all these quarterbacks. I'm not gonna yes, say no. I'm not gonna say Jaden Daniels is better than Justin Fields. What I've, I watched was, Jayden, I've watched Jaden Daniels since he was at ASU. Yeah. I've watched yeah. him since he was at yeah. ASU. I know who he is. He's not right? better and than Justin Fields. He's not. And none of none of these guys are. I'm but just putting it out there. If I were looking to take a flyer on any of the QBs in this draft, to me, he's the one I'd rather. I'd take him over Caleb. Me personally. I wouldn't take him. I'm not taking any of them. Sorry. Well, I'm just saying, yeah. like, if, if they like, if I'm evaluating, like, which QB, not even to the Bears, just which QB do I think is going to have the most long-term success? Those, 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 those six foot. What was what's Caleb Williams? Six one. Right, Caleb like Williams is six one. feet. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, six one. I'm doing the air quotes for the podcast. This is like those those guys, right? They they don't last. They don't, they don't really stick around in the NFL very long. It, right? Like you got to be able to see over six five offensive linemen when they standing up. You got three hundred pounders that are that, that are coming for you. Yeah. You know? I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're all wrong, and that's why Ryan Poles the GM. Hopefully, uh, no matter what all our opinions on, he makes the right call. And uh the, what I will sure say is this. Me and me and Jeff Meller were were debating back and forth on the post post game show as well about Justin Fields. And the thought process seems to be the general of if Justin Fields gets a play caller that calls a game for his style of play, then he will become a good player. But that will not happen with the Chicago Bears. And my question to that is why? (laughs) If you sit there and you look at all of that and you go, yeah, if he gets the right play caller, he's going to be great. But it's never, it's never going to be, nobody's ever, there's never going to be play calling that's going to satisfy everybody. It's just not. Yeah. It's just the world we live in. You yeah. know, it's yeah. just not, you know. So, uh, I, you know, for us, it's, it's really, to me, it's really about trust the process of Ryan Poles. Yeah. All right, trust the process. It really is. And, and, and honestly, everybody in Chicago can hate your decisions until you start winning. All right. When you start winning, you'll turn all, you'll turn everybody into a believer, Paul. So do what you do. And do what you believe is right. And we'll and, and everybody else will be happy with the results when we're winning. Now, I was I was I was very young. I was very young. I was very young when Lovey first got very young, right? So I don't remember it as well. And I wasn't listening to sports radio. I was probably probably like seven or eight years old when Lovey got hired. I'm not gonna lie to you. Was not to make you feel old. No. Were the dogs at the door for Lovey in year two? Like, um, like were there a lot of people like was well, it more he said, that he's building something, or was it like, hey, this ain't what we thought it was? I don't remember. Well, his his deal was, you know, the the first thing we want to do is beat Green Bay, you yeah. know, and we we did. We, I mean, we didn't win a lot of games, but we did beat Green Bay that year. Yeah. <laughs> <Bar time. laughs> you know, and then it was, then it was, we we're gonna win the NFC, you know, and we won that, and he's like, then we we'll win the division, we'll win the division, win the NFC, win the NFC. So we did all that, you know. Yeah. Um, in year two, and uh, and then you know go to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl. You know we had a lot of pieces that were in place. Like it was, it it, it was it was good timing because we had a lot of pieces in place for the defense that he wanted. You know, yeah. and he wanted those pieces and stuff. So it was a little different. So it was it wasn't as bad because I because y'all second season he was what was he what was his first season oh four. 
Yeah, 04, 05, we won the NFC. We, we had 05, y'all won the NFC? Oh, yeah, so yeah. no, he was good. He was sad. Yeah, never mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> never mind, I take it back. Uh... All right, we got to go. We miss you, lovey. We miss you. Yeah. We got to go. Hey, follow us on everything. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. Leave that five-star view. Y'all know what to do. As always, your boy, Path the Designer. Joined by Lance Briggs. Y'all stay safe out of Chicago. Bear down. Peace. Peace.